Radio MD. RadioMD.com. Hear it from the doctor with expert guests from the American Academy of Pediatrics. It's Healthy Children. Now, our favorite mom, Melanie Cole, MS. Welcome to Healthy Children, where all of our guests, our expert guests, are provided by the American Academy of Pediatrics. I'm Melanie Cole, and today we're talking about our kiddos getting back to playing sports during these unprecedented COVID times. Joining me today is Dr. Susanna Briskin. She's a pediatric sports medicine specialist in the Division of Sports Medicine. She's also an associate professor of pediatrics at Case Western Reserve University School of Medicine. Dr. Briskin, I'm so glad to have you with us today. What a great topic. So when our world came to that complete stop in that sudden fashion that we had, a lot of those organized sports all but vanished, right? They they disappeared. Before we get into this topic, we understand a little more now than ever the leadership role that our sports played for our youth, our society. Tell us a little bit about what you've seen in your years in the field about sports, team sports, its role for our youth, what it's really done for us. Great question. Thank you for having me today. Uh, We know sports play a really important role um, for our youth athletes in particular, and certainly having the lack of sports opportunities, we've unfortunately seen the impact it's had on youth through the last 18 months or so. Since the sports world came to a screeching halt, we certainly saw an increase in depression and anxiety amongst our youth, and we certainly saw an increase in obesity. And on the sports side of things, as things started getting going again, we've had a significant increase in overuse injuries. Well, we're going to talk about injury prevention, too, and the deconditioning that went on. I saw it with both my kids, my badminton-playing daughter and my gymnastic son. I saw the deconditioning when they couldn't go work out. So as we're talking about the benefits of sports and social interaction, we understand now with COVID there's infection risks. And not all of our kiddos are vaccinated, although if you're over the age of 12, we would love for you to be. What are some of the current rules and regulations right now about sports and intramurals and extracurriculars as it's going now at the schools and around the country? Well, it really depends on where you live in terms of what's available to participate in. I think this fall we've seen a lot more opportunities for individuals to participate in the regular school and club sports than we did a year ago, and that's because we've learned so much more now, uh, and we're aware that sports that our participation is mostly outdoors tends to have a lower infection risk than sports that are held indoors, and we learned throughout last winter that if individuals are indoors and they mask, they can be uh, protected against getting COVID to a higher degree than if they don't mask. The other major improvement we've had since last fall is the release of the vaccination. And individuals in that 12 to 17-year-old age range who are now vaccine eligible should be encouraged to get the vaccine, and that should also reduce the infection rate that we see within our youth athletes. The good news is we really did not see uh, any significant spread of COVID happening on the sports field for the majority of sports that were held outdoors. And that's the benefit of being able to space and the benefit of great ventilation with the natural wind. Well, this is such a great topic, and there's so much. I mean, we can really even talk about sports and athletes and these long-term effects on the ones that did catch COVID. I mean, there's a lot in this field right now. Wow. But as we're talking about getting the kids back in. Uh, 
And whether they played a summer sport or whether they're jumping back in in the fall after not playing for the last year, tell us a little bit about a thoughtful approach to slowly giving these kids a chance to acclimatize to, you know, their new exercise, the temperature, the intensity duration. And are you in sports medicine all seeing these deconditioned athletes coming in? You mentioned overuse injuries. Are we seeing these injuries now? Absolutely. We saw quite a few overuse injuries uh, within the last year when sports started up again. Uh, Throughout fall last year, individuals hadn't been active necessarily through spring as well as summer. And some individuals really, you know, didn't return to sport until spring of 2021. Um, And those individuals had been deconditioned for a full year. So we're seeing kind of the cardiovascular deconditioning, but we're also seeing um, the deconditioning associated with not having any impact activity. So people who are not participating in regular impact, if they just all of a sudden show up to do their high school or club sport and they start running every day, they're at high risk for getting a stress fracture. So really you want to think about always starting your youth athlete two to three months before their competitive season on a good, consistent workout routine. And I usually recommend three times a week participating in impact activity, um, making sure you're updating them with good brand new shoe wear for good shock absorption and thinking about a basic running program like a couch to 5K just to get your young athlete moving. And it's also really important to stress other aspects of their fitness, such as flexibility with ongoing stretching, as well as core work to really try and help strengthen up their core, which is the foundation of all athletic movement. And it's important to think ahead because we do have some athletes who've now been deconditioned for more than a year. So getting moving slowly, but getting moving purposefully is really important. Now, what about things like travel sports? I mean, this is a huge business. Absolutely. And while neither of my kids were in travel, they were in the school versions of such, I see some of the kids that are traveling, whether it's soccer, which is right now, you know, any of these kinds of sports. And as a parent, personally, Dr. Briskin, I would be nervous about it because, as you say, it's state dependent and some states are vaccinated, some are not, some are taking this seriously, some are not. What do we do if our kids are in travel sports? Well, I fall within that category. So I have young athletes in travel sports, and that's a really important topic to think about because you're right, the rules are different based on where you go. Um, But we've learned a lot, you know, since the start of COVID, and we know there are basic things you can do to keep you and your family safe. Uh, Hands down, the most important one is to mask consistently for all indoor activity. So I try and discuss with families that they should not be hanging out unmasked in hotel lobbies if their team's on the road. They should not be participating in shared meals with people who live outside their household. Uh, They should not be doing shared transportation. So even the basic things such as trying to carpool to ease the burden at home a little bit, you really should not be participating in unless individuals within the car are masked. So that's really the basic way of preventing the spread of COVID, but we know it's very effective. And then certainly vaccinations, number two. So uh, really strongly considering having anybody in your household who is above um, 12 or older getting vaccinated, and that falls for both the youth athletes as well as the kids, parents, because we know that the household infection rate, if somebody brings COVID home, is probably a minimum of 40% of people within the household will get sick. 
So anybody who you can vaccinate, vaccinate, and all individuals should be consistently masked for indoor activity, even if it's just travel-associated things such as eating out or having car rides or hanging out in the hotel lobby. Well, we have so much to talk about still, but cross-training is one of the things that I, as an exercise physiologist, have been promoting for years, even with my older clients, of course. You know, you don't want everyone doing just one thing. But with our kiddos, and especially our dedicated athletes, they don't have much interest in cross-training. They want to concentrate on whatever it is, their particular sport. I had to really work that into my son's mind that he had to do something else off gymnastics season. So speak to parents for a minute about the importance of getting their kids and all around. You mentioned flexibility. You mentioned all of those different things, but kind of reiterate the importance of even during the off-season doing something else. Well, in a lot of club sports, there rarely is an off-season, which you probably recognize as a parent of a gymnast. Uh, We always recommend that people create an off-season for their athlete. So if there's not a natural break, you want to make sure that your athlete is at least taking one to two weeks off once or twice a year so they can rest their body. But then cross-training is important. We know that uh, it's not great for the body to do the same movement all the time. And individuals uh, who do a diversity of sports are at lower risk for injury over time, uh, but it also probably helps their sports development, and it probably helps them even mentally just by keeping things fresh. Well, it certainly does. And since you're in sports medicine, Dr. Briskin, how have you used telemedicine for parents whose kids are, are frequently injured in various ways, as my gymnastic son was? Where do you see the role of telemedicine? I mean, it affects the role of that hands-on physical examination that you would give kids or the doctors on the field or sports medicine specialists. Do you see a new role of telemedicine for these kids in this healthcare realm? That's a great question. You did discuss probably our main limitation in our field is just that ability to do hands-on evaluation without being able to do that physical exam Uh, When we're in telemedicine, it's very challenging to make a diagnosis. Um, And the majority of our athletes usually require imaging within the office by getting x-rays. So we do have limitations with evaluating new injuries on telemedicine, but certainly within our practice, we've used it quite a bit for individuals having follow-up visits for concussion, and we're using it quite a bit for test result delivery. So in individuals who've come in and maybe they've required extra imaging like an MRI, we're doing our best to integrate uh, telemedicine into our practice to ease the burden on families. We already know kids missed a lot of school potentially last year and adults missed a lot of work last year with the restrictions with COVID and we're really trying to keep them living their normal life as best as possible. So if we can offer telemedicine to them where their day is disrupted a little bit less, We've been trying to integrate that into our practice. But within our field, it is pretty challenging. Well, it is. And I mean, I I do a lot of these shows and I see certain ones like ophthalmology and sports medicine where there really has to be this, this physical, you know, you have to be right there together to do some of these things. But I agree with you. And I think telemedicine isn't going anywhere. I think there are ways. And I personal train, Dr. Brisk, and I still do this after 30 years and after covid During COVID, I started training one of my clients 
via the iPad. And we're not even stopping that now. We're, we're going to keep going this way. And isn't that great for me? I love that. Um, but for our athletes, it's a different deal. So as we wrap up, I want you to offer parents your best advice about this deconditioning that our athletes may have gone through, about gradual progression, getting them back into their sport, and about COVID distancing, your best advice about vaccination, masking, just kind of wrap it all up into a pretty picture for us. Well, thank you for having me today. I think the most important take-home message is that we have good information now that we didn't necessarily have a year ago. And I do strongly believe that we can protect the majority of our athletes by vaccinating the age-eligible ones, as well as by encouraging masking for all indoor settings, as well as activities such as shared transportation or weight room lifting or athletic training room situations where individuals are in close contact with one another. Uh, As parents, we can encourage kids to be smart about who they're hanging out with and how they're hanging out away from the field because we think the majority of infections that we see in athletes who are participating in those outdoor sports are really occurring away from the playing surface. And for individuals who are involved in indoor sports, it's super important to mask. We know that we can help prevent the spread of this, and the more we prevent the spread, the more likely it is that they'll be able to continue their sport safely. So it's really a great idea to get your athlete moving in a purposeful manner and think ahead of time. You can't start up a physical activity routine one or two weeks before a competitive season start. You really need to think two to three months ahead and start uh, getting your athlete moving and motivated and cross-training in a safe and healthy manner. Rock on. We definitely do. And parents, this is really great information. She just laid it all out for us on the precautions that we have to take and where schools and travel teams all fit into this picture, but it's up to us parents, really, if our kids are in sports to keep them safe from this deconditioning and safe from COVID infection, especially if they are on travel teams. Share this show with any parent you know that has kids in sports. We're learning from the experts at the American Academy of Pediatrics together. They're the gold standard. They're our pediatricians. We love them. They take care of our kids, help us to raise them safely. So share this show far and wide. And remember, you can listen on Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Podcast, everywhere that podcasts are played. We want you to listen at RadioMD.com. Thank you so much, Dr. Briskin, for sharing your incredible expertise with us. What a great guest. I'm Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening and stay well.